yeah, and I think the the part that we have to focus on here is all life be destroyed. So there will be flood, but it is kind of this original perfection of, of Noah's act that protects the the seeds of life. Because what what I found strange about this is that I I would like the Bible to have this kind of message of well, it is yeah, your ancestor did this, Noah did this, but nevertheless, there are still going to be uh, kind of hardships and difficulties. And what, what you, you have to do is almost like emulate Noah or have this example in front of you. And and then through this constant emulation uh, of Noah, can you, when the flood strikes, always, I guess, always preserve life, uh, the, the seeds of life, and then let it continue. I think that's a very interesting idea. And I had something in my mind, but I've forgotten about it. It's the idea that I think it's, it's the idea that when you're talking about um, us needing to have all life, I think it's the idea of infinite responsibility. And I think your interpretation is definitely apt and very true. I think that there's this idea, you know, when Zosima says to Alyosha that you're responsible not only for yourself, but every other man around you, something along those lines. I think something very apt can be seen here as well that we're not only responsible for our own fates, but also for how we interact with others and how we have tried to help others. And this is not to say we're going to be judged if someone else doesn't become a Christian or we're judged by what other actions do, but what, what do I mean other actions do, but what other people do. But, but it's this idea that we would be judged based on whether we're trying to help the situations of those around us and have we tried our best to take on that responsibility for others and saying, well, your cross is mine to bear as well, and I would like to help you on your journey. And that might be something we pick up here. Yeah, and also I've been thinking about this kind of caring for humanity, right? There's, it's, it's always very easy for one to uh, do a form of virtue signaling, to say, I, I really do care about everyone. But I don't think that this abstract caring is enough, in, at least in, in the demand of God, but instead, it has to be a very personal one. So for me, uh, this response, taking on responsibility towards other people or even towards the whole world, which is the ethical ideal, is not an abstract sense of now I am bearing the responsibility of the whole world, but instead of forging a personal bond towards each every every human being, and it is in this bond towards every individual that you manage to uh, bear the responsibility towards the whole world instead of, uh, I guess, have a connection towards the world as such. I think that's definitely interesting. And it ties on the example or the story of perhaps of the parable of the, the madman, you know, when he runs into the, when he runs into the market and he's saying, well, God is get dead. God is dead. What can we, what 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 rights should we do to cleanse ourselves of the blood? It's kind of this idea that when one person says something crazy, everyone looks at them and says, "Well, that might be irrational. That might be crazy." But in reality, when you when you look at it, it's like, well, maybe that person coming in is the most lucid of them all. And there's this idea that you should you should always be open. And you should always have the responsibility to be open to 
to possible views and possible futures, whether you agree with them or not is another thing, but there's this idea that you just have to be open to this kind of, this radical, radical new, radical newness to some degree, whilst at the same time maintaining your own kind of beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this mix of the two, which which perfectly represents or is perfectly seen in the idea of the waters going away or the flood going away. And it's the idea that the old has been destroyed, but the old still remains in Noah. The goodness of the old still remains, though there's a radical possibility for creation at the same time. So there's this idea in Alain Baju of the event. And for him, this, an, an event is not like the, a singular thing. And then it, it's finished inside that one moment. But instead, an event and the truth that emerges from that event uh, is, is built through a construction. So, for example, for him, uh, you, the love is always its duration, not just, well, you fall in love. It's this single encounter of love, and that's it. That is the event. But instead, it's always this constant maintaining and constant renewing of love. And I, I feel like it's a similar thing here where it seems to me that the covenant should not be interpreted as, well, I've made this deal with you. Now everything is done, but instead, this covenant is a is a covenant that also demands something from the human being, from Noah, just as it demands something from God. So, it's not only that God will not send these floods, but also after making the covenant, Noah and his descendants will strive towards a certain moral perfection to construct this event or, or to to protect the legacy of this event i think that's such an interesting idea and if we look at actually what has happened you realize that there's actually a very big kind of gap between the two things it's like well god has well, there's this covenant but humans have clearly failed the, their side of the bargain again and again and that's not to say anything like too crazy but it's quite obvious that humans really don't do it very well in following the following kind of the the connection with God, it's like even the Christians ourselves, we don't follow the connection with God very well, let alone the atheists and, and the entire world around us. So it's this idea that there's this always this constant reminder that, well, maybe things aren't going as beautiful as planned, but maybe you should take responsibility for what's being messed up in your life as well, even if it seems to come under the guise of absolutely nothing. Because I think at the end of the day, if you look at the flood, right? The people who were being drowned by the flood probably didn't view this massive rain and now there's a flood to be, oh my gosh, I'm directly responsible for it. But in some degrees, they actually were responsible for it. So this idea of taking responsibility and maybe that even the things which seem completely alienated to you might actually have some deep connection with actually your actions. Or, or even, I think the truly ethical act is not saying that, well, this catastrophe really happened because of me. So I have to take responsibility of it. But instead, the the action would be that even if this thing has nothing to do with me, but nevertheless, I still have to take responsibility for it. And I think this is the, the kind of Kantian moral ideal in the sense that, well, I'm doing an act uh, following, the, following a duty for the sake of following my duty. But nevertheless, I cannot hide behind my duty and say uh, the, the prime example is of the lying friend uh, and a, of, of a murderer coming to a house and asking, well, where's your friend? I want to murder him. Where's your friend? And even 
And here you have to follow your duty and say and tell him the truth, even if your friend is hiding inside your house. But nevertheless, when, even if this happens after you follow duty, you cannot hide behind the duty in the sense that, well, well, my friend is dead now. My friend has been murdered. But this is not my fault. I was just following duty. But instead, the Kantian ethical ideal is <laughs> that so you have to you have to take responsibility of your friend's death, <laughs> even if even even if you you didn't want to do it and you were just doing it for duty. And I think it's a similar thing in 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 taking responsibility of things inside your life. It's not. Responsibility is not that, yes, I am at fault because this is caused by me, but no, this isn't caused by me, but nevertheless, I have to take responsibility. I think there perhaps is a slight kind of formulation, reformulation of your idea, which I think could be very appropriate, maybe a middle ground between your strict Kantian kind of views and the, and kind of a bit more, maybe I wouldn't say reasonable, but because that's not the right word, but perhaps a bit more. I don't know, practical approach to life. It's kind of the idea that you take responsibility. Your responsibility isn't about the action itself, but about your re your reaction to the action in the sense that, well, maybe I'm not exactly responsible if, if, um, if someone runs into my classroom with a gun threatening to kill my friend, but I am responsible for how I respond to it by offering yourself as a sacrifice or something along those lines. And I'm I'm not exactly saying that that is the most lucid or the most best thing to do, but I, I mean, I hope it illustrates this idea that you're. I, I guess my point. Reaction, uh, my point wasn't that you're responsible to tell the truth to the murderer, but instead you're responsible for your friend's death, even if it's not necessarily your fault. So mm -hmm. it is this that this taking bearing of responsibility for what is not even your fault is mm -hmm. the ethical act. Mm -hmm. I think the responsibility would be less so of your fault, but rather your, it would be taking responsibility for reacting. It's kind of like idea that, I think it could be easily tied into your view, but it's the idea that the, where does responsibility come in? It's not necessarily the action itself or the responsibility for what is happening to you, but how you respond to what is happening to you. And that is where the responsibility ties in, no matter how bad the situation is. Your responsibility still remains in how you respond to the situations around you.